today on The Breakdown. Cash Game Madness continues as we do yet another podcast on a huge, huge hand with some very famous people. And I'm talking Chance Corneth and Matt Berkey. And this pot gets, well, let's just say this. People have houses that go for less than the size of this pot. So, you know, it's something to pay attention to anyway. <laughs> and we're going to break it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Especially probably as a listener, it feels yeah. like, why wouldn't they redo the opening when it's like that? Right. And the reason right. is because it's not going to get any better. <laughs> That's why. You know, I've noticed something. Yeah. So we, we do this show and I, we, there was a point when we, we would do some openings too, but nowadays we're sort yeah. of locked into, I do the opening and if it's at all a little bit off, you're we spend the next two or three minutes. A little minutes. bit off, huh? That's what you're going <laughs> with. <laughs> we spend the next two or three minutes talking about it. But I notice, if I really invite the listeners to listen to the last few several podcasts, and you know, just the last, last first few minutes. Anytime the opening's pretty good, not a single word. Grant never says "nice job" or anything. Just as if it's the most normal thing in the world. Do you, do you, think, it, do you think it would be fun for the listeners to hear me say "nice <laughs> job" about the opening? No, I don't. Do you think it's fun for them to hear my criticisms yes, about the opening? I, do. I actually enjoy the criticisms. Even. So maybe you should shut up. But I wanted to point out the hypocrisy. No, I just proved it wasn't hypocrisy. It's entertainment, but yet hip, hip, Hippocratic entertainment. Yes, I I. Vow to do no harm. Yeah. <laughs> Hippocratic entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's a doctor joke. The doctors love that one. So, yeah, this hand was suggested by Ben Page, by the way. Cool name. Yeah. Sounds like uh, um, like he would be an actor who plays like the lead in like a sitcom where there's like a lot of like he's, you know, will they, won't they type stuff going on. <laughs> ben Page. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like he could play like Jim. On the I feel office like with Pam early your seasons like one to three or something. I don't think so. No, I'm feeling more of like a spotlight vibe. Like he's like a down in the dirt reporter, like who really cares about journalism. Oh. And like you never see a story by Ben Page, but then when the Wall Street Journal publishes the Ben Page story, you're like, I got to read the Ben Page huh. story. It's been a year and a half since since he published. Oh, oh so he's not an actor. When you said no. spotlight, I was thinking he was like an actor playing. No, no, no. I, was I mean, say he could be in both, but you're no, saying no, he's I an mean, actual he's, journalist. He's an actual journalist. That's pretty good too. I think the word Page is a little too on the nose, though. I don't think you, I don't think that should be a journalist. No, 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 no. You see, pretty that sure thing, the New York Times would never thing, hire that, you. That thing, it's like the app you have that the notification comes that there's a new New York Times piece or whatever it is by Ben Page. It's like it's a 48 minute read. But you know it's going to be worth it, and you'll talk to your friends about it over drinks. It's I mean, the reason why you read it is because when you're talking to your friends, you want to have something to say, right? I have plenty. That's of what it's really about. I have plenty of things. I'm talking to about say. you right now. I have plenty of things to say. <laughs> if you ever get, here's a tip. This is a tip that I use in life. It's great. If you're ever hanging out with people and you find that you don't have anything to say, mm. uh, pick out what you find to be their worst physical flaws and start <laughs> talking about that. Like, give us an example. Like, not not a live one though. Oh, like, we're with doing a live else, one with someone like, else. Like, uh, hey Jonathan, uh, those ears, those did they come with that body, or did mm. you uh, lose a bet? What's going on with that? I will say this, and I I absolutely have lots of things to say, but Grant's hands are so weirdly <laughs> disproportionate to the rest of his body. It's like you're wearing these. You guys ever see on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia how Uncle Jack wears those huge like because he thinks his hands are too small, so he wears those fake hands on top, and they're really big and misshapen and, and large. It's like Grant's wearing those things all the time, but they're. Really Real. 
They're real. It's like it's like only his hands like were exposed <laughs> to gamma radiation, so his hands hulk out. And the rest of them doesn't. It's crazy. You should really look at his hands sometimes. This is a poker podcast, yeah, huh? I just you know you started it, but your ears. Okay, so <laughs> I do actually have very small ears. Anyway, I look forward to the next Ben Page story. It's okay. gonna, I'm sure it'll be quite fiery and ignite the nation. You know. I just feel like, you know, I'm just rooting for those those crazy kids to finally make out, you know? <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's just talk about the hand. Huh? Okay. So it is a $100, $200 game on Poker Night in America. They usually do $25.50, but they got a special $100, $200 going, probably because Bill Perkins was there. I would like to say it's nice to see the high production values of Poker Night in America when we're doing like live at the bike hand sometimes and stuff. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, this is really pretty. It's like lighting Although we've and had, sound. We've had times with Poker Night in America where it's yeah. like, wow, they're just Not asleep at the attention. wheel. Yeah, they're completely true. asleep at the wheel here. It's true. Not for any of their TV stuff, but for their internet-only stuff right. sometimes. But, you know, everybody's got flaws, just like your ears. So <laughs> it's a... Wow. So this is this is who you are now? This is going to be a continuing theme. All right. Bring it on. Cool. 100-200 game. There's a $400 straddle on. Uh, folds to Bilsif Perkins in the cutoff. He has deuce three of hearts. You didn't like the Bilsif? I mean, what the hell? Bilsif is a sweet name. <laughs> Bill Perkins, yes. Perky. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know him, it's it's Perky. Perky yeah. lives. He's a very, very rich man who's, I don't know, he's got his fingers in a lot of dif- different businesses, I, I guess. I it's like oil futures and stuff like that is a lot of it. His... He also produces movies and stuff sometimes. Does he really? Yeah, he's right. like all over the place. All right. Just, I think he might be a billionaire. I'm not sure. Oh, I think he might be, yeah. I think he, I think he is. But, you know, heavily embedded in the poker community and uh, generally well-spirited guy. Probably pretty fun to be around. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. he'd be a, a cool guy to be around. Um, anyways, and he throws his money around as Jeff Gross knows. Hugely. Yeah. So, deuce three of hearts for him in the cutoff, and he's going to 5x that straddle, going to make it 2K. I like that sizing for a cash game. You know, give yourself some fold equity against Absolutely. the straddle, especially when you have three high. Yeah. You could use to fold this hand, obviously, but it's probably okay to open it two in the cutoff. I mean, you're supposed to fold this hand. Come yeah. on. This yeah. This is three deuce. Yeah. I don't care if it's suited. suited. It's a terrible hand. You should fold this hand. All right. I'm trying to give Perky a little cred. I know. I want him to throw some money our way. His, his sizing is good. Yeah. Uh, Matt Berkey's in the small blind, so he's got 100 invested in this pot. Mm-hmm. And he has ace jack of diamonds. And this is an interesting decision here. You could easily decide to three bet. And yeah. I think, but flatting's not crazy either. Well, one of the best reasons to flat is because you want to keep Perky in the hand. And it's a pretty great way to do it is by calling. As but to three betting. when you three bet, Perky's going to call a lot of the time because he's he Perky and you're going to isolate Perky. That's true. That is a fair point. You still are going to get him in the hand a lot. That's true. He might not call with this hand, but a lot of right. his range he will call with. Yeah, that's a great point because he doesn't care. Yeah. Eh, that's actually a great reason to three bet. Yep. And then you don't have to play against Chance Corneth a lot of the time who's in the big blind there. You get to knock him out a lot more. He's of the still going to fold a lot, though, because it's been 5x. Yeah. That is one of the things. The 5xing nature of it makes it much easier to just flat. True true and i think flatting is totally fine just because like a lot of people still live by the philosophy that if you're going to play out of the small blind and there's an aggressive action you have to three bet Mm -hmm. especially with a hand like ace jack but ace jack plays well enough post flop especially suited that there's no real need to do that yeah you can do it if you want to but you also are folding to a four bet which sucks because you have a hand of value yeah that's true so i think flatting is fine that's what berkey decides to do yep i'm cool with it berkey of course is the solve for why guy and, you know, he's always taking really weird lines. Yes, he is. Super weird. He's the guy you may remember from Poker After Dark on uh, Poker Go. And you've probably seen this, like, on Twitter or something like that, if you've been watching, you know, keep it up on that stuff, where he had Ace Jack. I think Ace Jack suited. Yeah. He was up against two kings, which, by the way, Chance Corneth is going to show up with. Yep. Um, he was up against Jungleman. 
and the jungleman. Uh, jungleman, all the jungleman, yeah, in the jungle. Uh, so and Jungle Man had a three bet and then bet the flop. It was a jack high flop, and on the no no it was just a it was a, like a nine high flop and a turn was a jack and Berkey check raised all in for like two hundred thousand dollars. And for value, and Jungle Man went into the like twenty minute tank and finally folded two kings, and it's the kind of thing most players wouldn't do, like check raise yeah. top top there um, in that spot because you'd be worried about game theory disasters. But it did work out, but I don't think it worked out in the way Berkey was hoping. I think Berkey was trying to fold out a better hand. I think he was trying to get value from worse hands, which means it's probably questionable. But anyway, the point is he takes unusual lines for sure, and is a, and is a deep poker thinker. Oh yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean, Christian Soto hangs out with him. Yeah. That's, if, all, that's all I need. <laughs> yeah, you get absorb a lot of good stuff hanging out with Christian Soto, really? I would imagine. Um, yeah, if I was in a game with Matt Berkey, I think a lot of the plan would be hold on because he, yeah. he puts a lot of chips in a lot of the time. I, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, Chance Cornerth is going to be in this pot with Matt Berkey because Chance Cornerth, as Jonathan teased, does have two kings. Hello. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Cornerth play a cash game. He's had some EPT success. He's a, a good tournament player. I know that. Yeah. I uh, have no idea about his cash game. I assume it's fine. Yeah. I assume it's good. He's a good player. Yeah. Uh, he's got 145K in his stack, and he's going to be the effective stack between the two players here. Yeah. Berkey has been winning in this game and has a bunch of chips in front of him. Um, and he decides to three bet with his two kings, which makes sense. King yeah. of diamonds and king of clubs. And he goes big. He makes it 10K yeah. over the 2K open. And I like it. It's good. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. I just think it's really big, but it, I do like it. I like it a lot. I mean, Perkins is going to call a lot. When Perkins calls, Berkey's going to call a lot. So I think we want to at least charge them. And sometimes we'll get heads up by this with this size. Sometimes we'll win, which we don't necessarily want to do yet. But, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to win because, well, the times we don't have a hand this good, the times we have Ace-5 suited here and we win, that's good, right? Yeah. I don't know if we're really going to do this with, against Perky, though, with Ace-5 suited. Like, we're probably going to be unbalanced. But that's fine, too. It's right. Perky. That's why we're going to be unbalanced. It's not the worst thing in the world to win, although obviously we prefer to get some yeah. action. But, like, we get to pick up a 20, 20 blind pot pre-flop yeah just by doing this if can't be that bad yeah anyway perkins is going to fold because he has three high yep seems reasonable and berkey decides to call yeah uh which i think offsuit is kind of a clear fold here i think suited makes it a fine call i mean offsuit we're going to be out of position yeah so i think i agree with you and suited i feel like we probably have to call berkey may have decided to three bet himself if it were offsuit because it just has a little bit less playability yeah maybe maybe um i think you're supposed to call it's it's a lot of money, but you're supposed to call. Yep, it I mean, is. It's eighty one hundred to win like fourteen fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, it's eight k. It's eighty one, right? Perky made it nineteen hundred. No, he made it two k. You sure? It said Berkey call nineteen hundred because oh, Berkey's... he had a hundred in there. Yeah. Okay. So it's eight k to win. Yeah, whatever fifteen thousand, and we're still deepish, not yeah, super I mean, deep the, anymore. The but problem deep-ish. the problem with a hand like Ace Jack here is that even though we're relatively deep, the stack to pot does become a factor almost immediately. But in some ways that works for us as much as it works against us in that like if we flop top pair or something like that, we're just probably going to go with it, right? I mean, like we're probably not going to fold very often because the stack to pot is relatively low. I don't know. If top pair is an ace and Corneth just goes bet, bet, shove, well, we're yeah, probably we're not, not going sure. with it. You're right. No, that's true. Honestly, Corneth betting the turn, we're really yeah. going to have to think about our lives. Right. <laughs> Berkey um, might go with it. He does not do a yeah. lot of folding once he gets involved. I mean, Berkey, I would say at least his reputation is that he overvalues his hands, yeah. his holdings. Um, and that ace-jack against um, against uh, Jungleman is a good example of that. Right. Um, but I don't know if Berkey still does that, by the way, even if he used to. Like, I know, I guess those guys are talking poker all the time and, like, tweaking their game constantly. So 
And he probably knows what's on TV about him and stuff too. So yeah. Well, the other Berkey hen we've done was in the uh, the bomb pot, the bomb pot, yeah. where he raised the river with bottom set in a spot that we felt like that was an overvaluing of his. Oh hand. yeah, he raised the river and then called the shove. Yeah, and he was right, but we didn't know if we liked. We didn't think yeah. it was probably a good play. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that that was an example of potentially overvaluing his hand, although right. it worked out fantastically well for him there. Yes, it, it did. It was a bluff. So you know, maybe he's onto something. Maybe. Uh, maybe we were all undervaluing our hands. You know, I actually wonder about that a lot. I yeah. often think, like, am I being too careful? Maybe I'm being a little too careful. Yeah, it's quite possible. I mean, conventional thought is only going to work for so long at the top end of the poker spectrum. Mm-hmm. And what Berkey and Soto and guys like that are trying to do is to find the next level to yeah. like figure out what's what's better. I mean, you know, if you think the guy's going to call a little bit with a little wider range, then you can then you can widen your you know, betting slash raising range on the river. Right. And the question is though, the, it quickly gets into hands that we would not normally raise. And so then it feels weird to do. And then it's like, it goes against all your instincts and everything. Yeah. It it feels very strange to do that against a good player who understands the whole game and what's going on. Like I do that as an exploit against players that I, I've seen play and I think are bad. Yeah. Well, like raise top pair in a spot that I should never raise top pair, but I know they're going to call with a worse hand, Mm -hmm. but not against good players. Yeah. Berkey's trying to do that stuff against good players. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting to watch him play because of that. And that's why he's a darling of poker TV these days. A darling. Yeah. Yeah. He's that he's, doesn't say anything really ever either. No, but he's a big get. Like people want to get him yeah. on their poker shows. He looks like he's uh, like from a like a, a TV show about doctors. Like he's one of the doctors, like not the head doctor or anything, but like, you know, like the four, number four. You think so? Guy doctor. Yeah. You know, not like, you know, he's not like one of the really good looking ones or the really funny ones, but he's got like a quirky thing about him and. He's the passionate one, you know? He's the, he's the really competent, passionate one. He's the like one everyone he, aspires he, to be like in terms of their skill set. Does he sometimes come in to support the protagonist and like with some sort of like analytical thing that he learned from, from some, right. some doctor class about the data of, of like medical care? And, he's, and it, his hat, his, he always leaves the room and says, you know, data is beautiful. <laughs> he says it more to himself yeah. than to everyone else. The other thing is when he's doing that, one of the other characters, not the main character, never the main character. One of the other like friend characters who's also a doctor says English. Talk to us in English. Oh, right. Because he's he'll always be using all this jargon. Exactly. And even though they're doctors, none of them understand it, supposedly. He'd be like, we, were, we ran a reverse Z curve analysis on the yeah. situation. And they're like, we're found- not we're not, you know, made by Intel over here, buddy. Yeah. Well, that's sponsored by Intel, obviously. Yeah, of course, sponsored by Intel. Until inside. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of actual sponsors, we should talk a little bit about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. We should. Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is a Bitcoin-only poker room, and they're a wonderful one at that, Grant. Uh, explain why. Okay. Well, first of all, being Bitcoin-only is pretty sweet because it means lightning-fast withdrawals and deposits. It We're doesn't talking... have to mean that, though, Jonathan. It's only because nitrogen decides it means that. Oh, right? that's a great point, actually. Um, many places, even that are Bitcoin-only, take quite a while to process your withdrawals. Not so... Not so, I say, with Nitrogen Sports. They, uh, it just operates as a Bitcoin wallet, so it's like 20 minutes or something. Get your money out, which is way faster than pretty much anyone anywhere. Yeah, it's pretty sweet because you can use that money, that Bitcoin that you put in there, to try to win against the poker guys, hey. which it's going to be hard to do. Let me tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just crushers, yo. Yo, we destroy you. <laughs> so and what, what Grant's talking about, of course, is our end-of-the-month tournament that we have every month on Nitrogen, which is just a tiny, tiny, tiny 
one-tenth of a millibit buy-in, which is like 70 cents these days, and they have 100 millibits guaranteed in the prize pool, which is like $700 these days. And we are not reaching the guarantees, let me tell you. <laughs> we are so far from the guarantees, it's almost, I would say it's irresponsible. Yeah. It's like irresponsible. I don't know why nitrogen does it. They're like, we're going to throw whatever, you know, 100 millibits. Sometimes that's $1,000, depending on the price of Bitcoin. Sometimes it's even more. 100 millibits, and yeah, whoever shows up, you know, if there's 30 of you, cool. You're going to play for that, even though you give us like $30. To we're put gonna... that in context, there needs to be 1,000 players to meet the guarantee. Yeah. We've never had more than 65. I think that's right. I think that's... Yeah, last, so... last month, we had 22. So everybody but those players who are playing are fools. Yeah, you're just missing out. The most insane deal in poker. Like, you could be the worst player in the tournament, and it's still way plus EV for you to play. Oh, my God. It's impossible not to be plus EV right now. I mean, that's crazy. There's almost no spots like that. This is legit a spot like that. You can't not be plus EV. It's a a turbo tournament. I mean, yeah. Like, the three places got paid last time. Grant and I both got, both made the money last time. I mean, come on. Grant won. I mean, Anyone can do this. You can you can pay for yeah. Anyone can do this idea. You can pay for it. Sit down. Just go all in every hand. That's a plus EV strategy. It's in, true in this tournament. It's true. It it's, it's seventy cents. What do yeah. you care? Anyway, we highly encourage you guys to use the link in the description. Use the link in the description when you sign up. If you that's the only way you can even see the tournament. By the way, yeah. So that's important. Um, and if you can't see the tournament, you can write to support at nitrogen, or you can sign up with a new thing if you have to do that, whatever it is, so you can get in there. But get in there. Yeah, it's, it's just a great deal. Get you some poker. All right, enough about tournaments. Let's talk about cash games. Yes. Matt Berkey versus Chance Corneth. Corneth has three bet with two kings, king of diamonds, king of clubs. Berkey has called out of the small blind with ace, jack of diamonds. And the effective stack is Corneth, right, with like 130,000 left? 135K left. Okay. He started with 145. Berkey's okay, so got- we're like seven to one. Sort of an awkward in-between stack to pot for all these hands, but okay. All right. 22575 US dollars in the pot heading to the flop. That's yeah. a chunky pot. The flop is an interesting one, obviously. It's the breakdown. Four of hearts, four of diamonds, eight of diamonds. Flush draw for Berkey and overs. Yep. Corneth feels very safe about this board. I yeah. mean, Berkey has four combos that beat him right now. Yeah. Yeah, pocket, I don't think Berkey can show up with eight. Berkey can't really show up with, eight, with any four in his hand that isn't pocket force. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, and so diamonds are like one of the best things Berkey can flop in on this flop against Corner here. Yep. Uh, so we're near the top of our range for everybody. Yeah. So if it wasn't clear, Berkey flops in that flush draw. Yeah, and he checks. Corneth bets. He bets twelve k into twenty two k. Slightly small sizing for a cash game, but I guess he decides because Berkey's range is so weak on this board, it's fine to bet small and like hope to get called by some things that are just random. I mean, you're almost never going to get. Called. It's almost always just going to be bet fold, right? Yeah. I mean, so often. So he's still betting a little more than half pot anyway. Yeah, it's I fine. imagine he'd bet this with Ace King as well or any of his bluffs. Yeah. yeah. So what do you want to do with Berkey here? Ooh, so, okay, he bets 12 into 22, so there's 34. He's going to have 133 left now? No. No, no. 123 left. Yeah. So we're talking, like, not even 4 to 1 stack to pot effective before we even put our, our call. We're never going to fold. So, actually, we can even count our 12,000 as being in there because we're either calling or raising, right? Yes, certainly. So, wow. So it's another 24. Jeez. 24, 46, there's like $48,000 in there, and he's got 100. Wow, it's like two and a half to one stack the pot. It's very reasonable to raise. I think we should raise. Okay. Because otherwise, what are we going to do? We're going to check and fold the turn. We may have to fold some turns. I mean, I have a counterpoint. Good. I guess the counterpoint comes with a question. Yeah. And the question would be what is Chance Corner's pre flop range here? Yeah. Because his entire value range is all the overpairs. Yeah. 
And he cannot fold those to a check raise because, like I said, what the hell does Matt Berkey have for value here besides eights full or quad fours? I mean, if you have two nines as Corneth, you could at least consider it because maybe maybe Berkey can have you beat what, with, with an what? overpair with two tens. That's an insane, horrible raise with two tens. I completely agree. Like, Berkey might Berkey overvel- does weird things. That, though? Ace Jack, he check raised all in against Jungle Man after Jungle yeah. Man three bet, bet the flop, bet the turn. He check raised okay. all in in a way. <laughs> it's not, let's not go down that path. Let's, okay. Or else we're not going to be able to analyze this at all. Okay, that's like, fair. Of course, he's not going to check raise two tens. Let's say that. Because, like, okay. let's say that. I don't know if it's true, but let's say it for now. Let's go with that assumption. That's fine. Most humans who are good at poker would never consider check raising two tens on this I board. agree completely. Cats that are good at poker, though, they might do it. Well, how about those dogs who play poker in that picture? They're horrible. There are no good dogs. Oh, my God. You are being ridiculous. Have you seen that that picture? Those yeah, dogs, I've seen that picture. You see a tell on every dog. No. Oh, one of them's a reverse tell. The yeah, poodle's I, I, reversing. I knew that. <laughs> That's a fake swallow. Anyway, let's get back to the <laughs> Okay. My my okay. so entirety, okay let's let's assume Berkey's doing this everyone's doing this with reasonable stuff okay, okay the entirety of my point is this yeah is that Corneth is not going to fold an overpair right right I don't expect him to and in order to justify a check raise with a draw we need fold equity yeah so the question becomes how much of Corneth's range are like ace high bluffs right that by the way Berkey's beating many of okay. But he's also losing to some of them. He's losing to ace-king and ace-queen. Okay, ace-queen, though, is always going to be a three-bet there. Ace-queen is usually going to be a three-bet there. Yeah. Um, some of the other ones might not be. He was in the big blind. He could have just called. Right. But So he, like, that, he may not be raising like suited aces and stuff But like is that, that enough, though? Well, there could also be random squeezes that he could have, too. Probably. By the way, the fact that we're beating some other aces is not really good enough because if we just call, we may end up losing this pot yeah, that's of true. winning it. I'm, I'm just saying, like, we're not sure how tight Corneth is playing in this game. We don't know if this is a big game for him or anything. Yeah, that's right. If it's a big game for him and he's playing tight, we maybe want to consider just calling because we need fold equity to raise, as I said, and we might not have enough. I don't. I mean, yeah, we need to have some fold equity for sure. We have some, but also we have equity of our hand, which is strong. Like we make the nuts, the nut flush anyway, you know, like a third of the time. The paired board is not amazing for us. Not amazing. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, but we're not worried about Chance having a full house right now. Obviously, a four could come and screw everything up for or us. Or whatever pair Chance has could come as the diamond. Right. That's true, too. And those are not cool situations. Yeah. Um, that said, like a lot of the time, we get if we check raise, we're going to win right now. And that's pretty good. And when we don't, I mean, I assume if we check raise, we're going with this hand, right? Right. Let's, we have to go let's with think it. think about that for we a second. We have to go with it. Let's ask that question. Yeah. Okay. Because Berkey does check raise. Yeah. He makes it 35K. Right. If Chance were to move in, Chance would be moving in for a total of 133. No, 133. You did that after the 12K. No, he made it 10 pre, and then yeah. he made another 12 before after. He bet, before he bet on the flop, he had 135K in his deck. Right, so now he's got 123 after he bets the flop. Yeah. So then he'd be... Oh, you're saying a total. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. A total of 135K over 35K. Okay, got it. So, so it's 100 it's a, more to win. Is that good enough? We're always calling. If we, if we play this... To, if we check raise fold this, it is the worst play ever. I know. So what we figure is he almost never has aces because we... Well, not almost never. We block a bunch of aces combos, right? We block half the ace combos. Yeah. That's super sweet. Even against kings, we're getting the right price. Yeah. It's just so it's fine. And if we were really lucky, he somehow has worse hands than that, too. Maybe, 
can he? I don't think he really can ever show up with tens here and move in. But maybe he can because in his mind, maybe tens plays the same as aces and kings anyway. But um, I mean, we're never not. If we check raise, we're always going with this hand. We're like, cool. I'll take my forty percent equity. Maybe we'll run it twice. But yeah, we're always going with it. I agree. So I'm, I guess we want to reduce the frequency of that happening, though. Obviously, yeah. we don't like that scenario. No, we'd prefer him to fold. Yeah. <laughs> that would right. be better. So I think ultimately it really comes down to something that you and I can't answer on, on the podcast here, which is how much fold equity do we actually have? Right. We because don't know how, we don't know how wide chance is when he yeah. makes this three bet. Right. If, he's, no sense if he's reasonably wide, then this is great. And it's going to work a lot of the time. I mean, chance is a really good player. So I would guess he's going to be somewhat wide when Perkins opens balancing that. However, on the other side of that could be, I mean, he could well, I, actually, let me say this. Not wide necessarily, but depolarized. Like he might do this with more hands that are that are have for value because Perkins opened like and Perkins only called. Like maybe he can have Ace Jack suited himself and be doing this. Maybe he can have like just reasonable aces and be doing this. Maybe. Like normally you wouldn't, but Perkins is like you don't mind getting called by Perkins when you've got Ace Ten suited here. Maybe you know you could say. Like Perkins is going to call so often with so many worse hands. It's okay. In theory, I agree with you, but I yeah. still think it's a stretch in practice for that to be the case. I agree. Mostly people don't really do that. Yeah. But Corneth being a really good player, it's possible he's doing that. It is possible. possible he just has, you know, like one of the things that makes you a good player is you're willing to execute in those moments, right? Yeah. I mean, that's all possible. But on top of that, like he doesn't play the high rollers, right? Like we haven't seen him play the yeah. high rollers. I've seen him play 10K tournaments and 5K sure. tournaments. It's a lot different than when you've got 145K in front of you. I mean, like, he might be cowed by the money. He might be. But also, he may be a big-time cash game player and he, yeah. who plays some tournaments and not cowed at all by the money. This also may not be his money. I mean, we just don't know. Yeah, we don't know. There's so much we don't know. We don't know. Uh, in the end, I think it's fine to check raise. I just think we have to really be pretty clear and know that we have a decent level of fold equity or else it's not worth it. I guess I feel like this. Um, if, we don't, if we decide just to check call... We have to be looking to make an aggressive move at the pot later in the hand a lot of the time. That yeah. may, maybe that's check raising the turn, maybe that's donking the turn, something. Yeah. We ha- we can't just try and re- realize our equity period in a pot this big with the stack to pot being what it is with this hand. I mean, we're getting the right odds too. For 12k. Try to realize to try to realize our equity. Um we are, but like it's so much better to either get it in now and when you get there, get completely paid or raise and have the guy just fold and we don't have to realize any kind of equity. Also, we're out of position, so it's so much harder to get paid. Like yeah. when we get there, it's so hard to get paid. Being out of position does make it tricky and it's it's going to be hard to play future streets if we just check call, no matter if we hit or not. So I, mean, I, I, I agree with that. I really, I think I, I really prefer a raise to a call here, although I understand the problems with it. I think you just have to be like, I'm going with this. Like I'm raising and I'm never folding. And I know it's not going to be like, I'm going to be like 40% when we get it in. But the, you add that to the times he auto folds when I raise, I make money. And maybe we run it twice anyway. So I'm 40%, but I, you know, I get my money back most of the time. Yeah. No, I think all, everything you're saying is reasonable. I think it's just worth exploring. Yeah. Oh, uh, me too. Especially considering the board is paired. That's a that is a fair point. Yeah. The board being paired does matter. It as does. Well. Anyway, Berkey does raise to thirty five k. Yeah. So what should Chance Corneth do? Yes. New question. I feel like we have a pretty clear call here. We also have the King of Diamonds in our hand, by the way. Yes. So we block nice. some of the key flush draws that Berkey could have. Uh, yeah. Um, He's a lot of King High flush draws in theory, but he doesn't have any of them. 
Right, so we should be worried then because then he has those four value combos more frequently out oh, of his range. I don't really mean that, although I guess we could be slightly more worried. But look, in my mind, as Corneth, we're never folding. No, of course not. Like I'm like I'm trying to figure out how to get it in with this guy. That's my question. My concern is that when we move in, we may set up game theory disaster spots and we block some of the hands we would most want him to have, which would be flush draws. I totally disagree. Oh, cool. If if your logic from our analysis of Berkey's check raise follows. We, I think moving in is maybe better here than calling. Because? Because Berkey can't check raise a flush draw and fold. Right. Like, we're not going to get all the money from the flush draw unless the flush draw gets there later. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, and if, unless we put it in now. And if Berkey some like, Berkey doesn't have tens or jacks most likely, right? Like, that no. doesn't, just doesn't happen. Right. So he's got a flush draw. He's got one of those four combos that we're going broke against anyway. Or he has a gut shot. Can he have a gut shot? It's hard. It's four it's, eight yeah. eight. It's really hard for him to have a gunshot. Five six and call. Like, yeah, even suited. Whatever seven six suited. I don't think he's calling out of position for ten k. So instead of being in Berkey's yeah. position where we are resigned to taking our forty percent equity, I think as Corneth, I want to take my sixty percent equity and go with that. You hope it's your. You're hoping yeah. for sixty percent equity. Well, or it could be better though. It could be better. Or or like we're well, drawing nearly dead some of the time, but only four combos worth of drawing dead. I guess the, one of the concerns is because Berkey has been known to overvalue hands in the past, I would just hate to blow him off a hand that he's overvaluing right now. I feel like you're overvaluing that thought right now. Like, I, I don't think it's reasonable to assume that he's going to have these hands that, like, reasonable poker minds think would be insane to show up with his check <laughs> raise. Maybe he would call anyway. If he has two tens and does play it like yeah. this, maybe he'd be like, well, I guess you can have ace, king of diamonds, right? I think, I think, I think, I, I think it feels standard to call, but I think moving in is better. Hmm. You know all the times when you move in in this spot and then the guy like folds and you're like, I don't even, like I clearly had the best hand, game three disaster, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I worry about that piece of it. But you feel like you feel like he's calling with flush draws so it doesn't matter. Berkey's calling with the nut flush draw. Yeah. Although it's hard to come up with that many other flush draws he can have when we have the king of diamonds in our hand. I guess you could have jack 10 of diamonds. Queen jack of diamonds, queen 10 of diamonds potentially. Yeah, I don't know if he's calling with those or not. He may he may actually fold those because we can have the nut flush draw nine ten of diamonds I don't know like we because we have the king of diamonds in our hand actually he may like he can't have I don't know I don't know man I'm not sure what, what are you supposed to do as Berkey if you have the queen jack of diamonds here maybe you don't check race maybe not maybe I you don't just know. check call well if that's the case I don't like moving in as much yeah I feel like you're supposed to check race when you have the nut draw because you also often have an overcard. You know, you block something. It seems like it just seems like better in some ways. Yeah, you know what you want, but it's not crazy to check raise the queen high flush draw. By the way, we're no, acting like, oh, why would you do that? I mean, it's not insane at all, right? Is it? Is it? So we have to. So it's a chance we have to decide: is Berkey showing up with these other flush draws? Yeah, there aren't that many, but the ones that he would show up with, we're assuming they're good quality flush draws, like yeah. we're talking about, like Broadway flush draws. Can he show up with those, or is he just going to check call those, or is he just check raising everything? I don't know. It's just hard to know. I would assume he's check raising everything. I guess if I was, if I was sitting there, I'd be like, eh, he can just have diamonds, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be not diamonds. I don't know. Why right. does it have to be not diamonds? That's what I might. Even though I can come up with reasons why, does it really have to be not diamonds though? Especially in this big pot now. Maybe he's just like going to take a shot and not fold with over. He's still got overs. You know, he doesn't. Maybe have two jacks and he's got you know. I mean, you can't have king no. X. So you have to queen X. Having the king of diamonds is actually kind of bad for moving in It here. really is. You'd really like to not have the king of diamonds. Yeah. Because okay, then so you can have king queen of right. diamonds. All king those, jack of diamonds. King ten of diamonds. Think he has overs to your jacks and stuff like that. 
instead, you know. Yeah, that might be a determining factor that makes calling a little bit better. Yeah. But although I do st- still kind of feel my gut reaction of moving in makes some sense, though, mm-hmm. when we're thinking that Berkey's just going to call off flush draws here. I mean, if we think Ber- if we think Berkey's calling off flush draws, folding all other bluffs, but he doesn't really have any other bluffs. Doesn't seem like that. Unless he has some really weird super air bluffs, which seems yeah. odd yeah. anyway. Um, then moving in makes sense. Maybe he has like... Ace queen with the ace of diamonds that he's hoping a diamond's going to come so he can bluff more. <laughs> like that type of thing can happen sometimes, perhaps. I mean, maybe. Unlikely. Seems seems a stretch, but maybe. Anyway, Corneth calls, and that's fine. That's sure. like the standard oh, yeah. line. I was just kind of wanting to explore. If it's an interesting in question. Would be better. Um, stack the pot's getting a little cheesy. Cheese dog. Uh, so, <laughs> Berkey made it 35K. Corneth called. The pot now <laughs> has... $92,575. You know what I tell him what cheese dog is? No, we're not going to talk about cheese dog. All right. Cheese dog is a thing. That's all I'm going to say. First rule of cheese dog, don't talk about cheese dog. <laughs> okay. Tag your tweets. Go uh, on. Hashtag cheese dog. Cheese dog is probably already a thing that like we don't oh. have no recollection well, it's of. It's also a separate poker guys thing. Though. Yeah, right. It's a if, poker guys in joke. If there is a cheese dog thing out there in the world, we're not aware of it. This is only a thing that Jonathan and I know about. Yep. <laughs> we, like, in the entire world, yeah. this, this particular joke is just us yeah. for now. Yeah. Maybe one day it'll get out there. I don't know. It's a little bit yeah. too edgy. Actually. It is a little edgy. Cheese dog is too edgy <laughs> for you. You can't handle cheese dog. <laughs> you might think I'm joking, <laughs> but I'm not. Cheese dog is too edgy. Anyway. 92,575 in the pot. Chance has now like 100K left, right? Yeah. Just He's got about. one pot. Pot size bet left. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Just about that. Maybe a little bit more. Yep. Jack of spades on the turn. So Berkey now has top top yeah. along with his flush draw. Yeah. He's not beating most of Corner's value range still, but it does provide him with two additional outs against those hands, at least. Sure. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, he checks, which is strange. I don't he, understand this check, check at raised. all. You think he should just move in? I think he should be betting. He doesn't have to move in if he does. Now that he hit the jack, maybe he doesn't want to move in. I don't know why you would check. That jack is not supposed to change anything. It do you does. Think, do you think he would have bet if uh, uh, four of spades came off? So th- a third four hits? Sorry. You mean a like three a of spades? spades yeah. yeah. Um, I think he would have. Yeah, I think he would have moved in. So he's checking because he now has showdown value. You think? That's what's going on for sure, right? I think he, he's checking, I guess, to induce. But what are you inducing? I guess the king X of diamonds. I guess. You're trying not to blow the king X of diamonds off the hand. Yeah. You're letting him move in. I mean, the king X of diamonds would have just moved in on the flop. And also, Corneth doesn't really have too many king X of diamonds because of pre-flop. He can, yeah, it's not super likely. Um, I don't know why we're checking at all. If Corneth has his beat like he does, he's betting. We're probably getting in on the flop on the turn anyway. He's got a pot size bet left. We're never folding. So, like, all better hands are get, we're getting in with. So why don't we try and get value some, from some worse hands where that jack does not seem... If he has two tens, why don't we try and get some value out of that instead of checking and giving him a chance to get away yeah, from Yeah, Corneth's going to have to call with two tens if we bet a reasonable amount. Right. We bet 50,000 or 45,000. He can't fold. That no. jack does not matter. Unless we have the jack of diamonds in our hand, of course, as Berkey. Um, right. Yeah, from the check-raising perspective yeah. of our range. Right. Okay, fine. That's true. Yeah. That's that's so it, possible, it but it does matter. So it matters a little bit, but it's yeah. not something. That, but that shouldn't be a huge part of what he shouldn't be too afraid of that. Like we've already made our big move, right? We yeah. already raised on the eight four four flop. The jack sometimes hits us, but not that often. As Corneth, I don't. He's never folding two tens. 
I think, based on that jack hitting. Yeah, I don't think so either. If an ace hit, he might, because he's like, well, the nut flush draw now is beating me. All right, well, Berkey decides to check. I don't like it. One reason or another. I got a problem with it. Chance does something pretty interesting. Yeah. Into the pot of 92K, he bets 20,000. Yeah. That's tiny. Yeah. What's up with this? Well, remember how you were saying it's insane for Berkey to have two tens and two nines yeah. and all that kind of stuff? Seems like Chance is targeting two tens, two nines, and ace eight. I think maybe I two sevens. I don't think that's what he's doing. You think he's inducing? I think he's trying to get a flush draw to check shove. Okay. Okay, you know what? That makes a lot more sense. Yep. Good. I think that's pretty clearly what he's doing, actually. He's giving the flush draw the right price to just flat. He is, but maybe he thinks thinks Berkey's just like so aggressive that he's going to check shove his flush draws a lot here. I mean, I guess as Corneth, we also can't really, it's going to be hard to give Berkey like presumed fold equity and also not give him the right price. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we can do both of those when we have a pot size bet left. It may be impossible. I think we're trying to ask ourselves that like $36,000. I think by doing this, he's taking a high variance route here. He's saying... I don't want to shut out the flush draws. I want to give them a chance to go nuts on me, and yeah. I want to take my okay. large equity advantage. Oh, yeah. yeah. And again, you're sitting there like, and we might run it twice anyway if, if I want to. Right. You know, if he actually has a flush draw, I can decide to run it twice or three times. That's fine. Probably they'll do that. Yeah. Like, if Berkey has the ace of diamonds in his hand with his flush draw, then Corneth has, what, 70%, probably a bit more, heading to the river. Um, yeah, a bit more. A bit more, yeah. 75%. Like, like 75. Although with the paired board, maybe it's slightly less again. Oh, Although yeah. we have the king of diamonds in our hand, actually, so maybe not. Um, but yeah, it's something like that. We're like very happy to get it. We're happy to take this equity. Right. So I think that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to induce okay. aggressive Matt Berkey to check right. shove. What are we repping as chance when we call the, the check raise and then bet 20K? I don't know. We're repping... Tens? <laughs> are we? Maybe. Maybe. It's a very strange thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I like this a lot more than I like Berkey's check. That's for sure. Well, back to Berkey. What should he do now? The podcast isn't off. Jonathan is just I'm not just talking. thinking. I'm thinking about it. Um, well, obviously, we're never folding. Yeah. Moving is interesting, but now we're starting to... We might put ourselves in a weird spot by moving in now. I mean, when we get called, we're... Just We're getting diamonds and jacks to win most of the time and maybe aces. Sometimes. Unless Chance decides to hero with tens. Unlikely. But that's that's what yeah. we're talking about, right? Um, so a call probably makes more sense now. Now we're sort of like, I guess since we checked, we're like bluff catching, apparently. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why we checked to get into the spot, but moving in now seems like, well, he bet 20K. It's weird. Either he's weak enough, he's going to fold, or he's strong enough, he's going to insta-call, and neither of, the, neither of those is good, right? Yeah. Like I think it's, it's super weird that he bets 20K. Yeah. Like, if you bet 35K, we might have moved in. Maybe. 40K, we might have moved in. Be like, well, we're committed here. Whatever. Or maybe we would have called then, too. He could still have bluffs. He could still have bluffs, potentially. Chance? It's hard for him to have bluffs at all, the way this is played out. Right, that's the problem. Because he called the check raise. And we have the nut flush draw, so we know he doesn't. So it's really hard for him to have bluffs. He could have the king, queen of diamonds, maybe, and have decided to three bet it. It's not possible. Maybe. But, like, he probably would have moved in with all the diamonds on the flop. Just what he had a pot size bet back. It was a perfect spot to move in. Perfect. Just move it right in. Didn't. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's another reason for Berkey to be looking to, uh, when he check raises the flop, to get it in there. Because once in a while, not very often, admittedly, but once in a while, 
Corneth can move in with diamonds, worse diamonds, and then you're really excited to get it in there. It's really unlikely. I know, because he had to three bet. Yeah. And then, but once he three bets, if he's got the king X of diamonds, he's probably moving it in. Anyway, it's just a, a little extra tiny bit equity we might, we might have there. Anyway, this turn is very strangely played. Yes. Berkey decides to just call. I guess that's, that seems right. That seems right. I, I would be confused by the 20K bet and be like, I'm afraid that he has a full house or something. <laughs> like, what's going on here? This is weird. I mean, he could have Jack-Jack. Yeah. Except we block it. There's one combo of Jack-Jack. Yeah. We're not afraid of Jack-Jack. He could have 8-8. Eight, eight. He could. He could have 8-8. Eight, eight. But whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He might. It's a weird spot. Also weird, by the way is that we haven't talked about Dash Digital Cash yet in this podcast. I've been waiting for you to say that, Jonathan. Why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Well, you've been waiting for me to tell you about it? Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, tell me. Well, I'm excited. Show me how good of a teacher you are. Okay. Take out your books. Turn to page seven. This is a great ad. Read. (laughs) I'll see you guys in a half hour. Okay. Um, Also, I'm going to put on this movie. So uh, Dash Digital Cash, it's a cryptocurrency. If you don't know what that is, it's like Bitcoin, except it's better than Bitcoin, Grant, because it's potentially a useful currency in the world, specifically because it's crazy fast and the transaction fees are insanely cheap. Give me crazy. some specifics on that. I will. When I send you Dash from my phone to your phone, by the way, you could be standing next to me or in China, it takes one to four seconds for you to receive that payment. I said one to four seconds, Grant. Just in case you got wax in your ears. <laughs> That's faster than a credit card, Jonathan. It's way faster than a credit card, especially if you just put a credit card in a table. Those things are crazy slow. They really don't move. Um, so Good point. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's Dash being digital, you can't put it on a table. So no, it's only, it wins all races. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, though, the fees to send it are also insanely cheap. Right now, it costs like a third of a penny to send as much Dash as you want to anyone anywhere in the world. Try, try doing that with American Express, buddy. Yeah, I or dare you. <laughs> Western Union. If Western you want, Union costs $10 to send money. Dash, it costs a third of a cent. If you want to download the Dash wallet and experience it for yourself, there are links to do that on your phone for Android and iOS in the description of the podcast. Because we love you. It's free. It's a cool app. You should get it. There's also a video where we go a little bit more in depth on cryptocurrency in general and then specifically what makes Dash special. Correct. But such as its fragrance. Very good smelling cryptocurrency. It's surprisingly good. It's sort of like CK1, except... Like crypto. Yeah, yeah, crypto <laughs> K1. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, let's go, to, let's go to the river. <laughs> Good job. All right, so we got an intriguing little pot here. It's a humongous now, by the way, right? Yes. It's huge. All right, $132,575. Chance is 80K, right? Yep. Okay. We're going to be talking only about his decision on the river because Berkey's seems pretty obvious to me. The river is the three of diamonds. Mm. Brings a flush. Yeah. Berkey moves in for the 80K effective. I think you have to. You'd be so afraid of the check back on that card. You're just getting a million checks back. It sort of sucks because you're like, it's so obvious that I have it. Yeah. But if I check, he's checking back. So who cares? And if, by the way, if he's got me beat, if he has a full house, who cares? Like we're getting it in like a million percent of the time. Of course. So I guess I move in and hope he has it. You know, hope he has something he can call with. He probably doesn't. But I just move in anyway. All right. So the question is, should Chance call with the hand that he does have? Right. Two kings. That's the question. Well, let's look at the price we're getting first. Okay. What price are we getting? Uh, it's 80K to win 212. That's pretty nice. Almost. It's like two and a half to one. A little better. Yeah. So that's an interesting start. We have to be right like 22% of the time or something like that. 
right? That's one every three that and a half. Seems times. very wrong to me. One out of every three. No, no, you're right. Twenty twenty eight percent of the time. Yeah. Okay. Twenty eight percent of the time. My bad. But so okay. So that's a that's an interesting beginning to this. Yeah. Is it's not like it's forty percent. It's like twenty eight percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, key key thing and key decision point I think for us is the fact that we have a king of diamonds in our hand. Yes, we block a lot of Berkey's value by having the king of diamonds in our hand. Right. So if Berkey can't have the king, queen, king, nine, sorry, king, ten, king, jack of diamonds. Ace, king, even, which sometimes right. he might play weird with it pre-flop. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Yeah. Um, so that's nice to be able to block all that. It would be, I think we, you know, it would be cool to have two aces and have the ace of diamonds in our hand. I'd feel better because we block more combos of flushes, but we block some combos. Yeah. So that's good. Without the king of diamonds, we have to strongly consider folding and probably have to fold, I think. I think with the king of diamonds, we have to strongly consider folding. Right. You remember what you said when you were talking from Matt Berkey's perspective? It's so obvious I have it, I but know. I have to move in. Yeah. Kind of is obvious, right? I like, think it is. I mean, only one of two things is happening here. Berkey has it and has us, or he's taking a super weird bluff line. That's yeah. it. Those are the only two possible lot things, right? Maybe he's turning a pair into a bluff, but that's what's going on, right? If he's doing it. Like, what in the world does he have? He called a 20K bet on the turn. It has to be turning a pair into a bluff, and he has to have started doing it on the flop. What, what is that? I mean, does he, does he have two fives he just lost his mind with? No, he called the turn. Does he have ace eight of not diamonds somehow? I mean, the eight of diamonds is on the board, so. Uh, ace eight of not diamonds, yeah. I'm saying, right. Yeah, ace he eight of spades. He doesn't, have the, he doesn't have any diamonds in his hand. Does he have ace eight of spades that he's turning into a bluff? That seems really unlikely. A weird, super weird check raise on the flop. And once he gets called to then even check call the turn seems questionable at best. Yeah. And then to move in on the river, like you called the turn because you thought maybe you had the best hand and then a diamond comes on the river and we move in, I guess as a just in case. I mean, that's a parlay that's hard to hit. I got, okay. You gave me a thought. Good. It's wrong, but it's Bring a it thought. On. Let's give Berkey the ace eight of spades for a second. Okay. He might fold it pre-flop. Let's forget about that. All right. He might decide to check raise it on the flop because he's a crazy person. I don't know why you would decide to check I mean, raise on okay. the flop. You had, you're the guy who strongly yeah. said he never has two tens here, but go on. Right. Go on. Maybe he feels differently about it because he has the additional outs of the ace. Against, All right. Yeah. It's sure. Like a it's more like bluff. a semi-bluff. Yeah. Sort you're, of like you're, a semi-bluff. You're targeting an overpair, but go on. It's fine. Yeah. Continue. No, that would be horrible to do. But then we get to the turn that way somehow. Yeah. Some way. The jack comes. We check in Cornith bets 20K, and we're like, we can't fold for 20K into 92K. Just can't let him, can't let him do it. Like can he can he have diamonds? Sometimes he can have the ace king of diamonds, right? My so my plan like if no if if Cornith had diamonds, <laughs> this is part of my whole thing. If Cornith had diamonds, he'd want to blow us off our hand more often and bet right. more on the turn. Oh, so we're gonna call, and if diamonds come on the river, we're gonna bluff, or maybe we'll hit an eight or an ace. That's the plan. Wow, that's that, that's the best I can do. Jeez, I mean, you did you prefaced it with saying this is very wrong. Yeah, it is. It's very. That's another crazy parlay. Yes, that, those are crazy parlays. All right, are there any non-crazy parlays? No, I can't think of any either. Okay, so what we're down to is we need Matt, Matt Berkey to be doing weird Matt Berkey stuff because like, he does weird Matt Berkey stuff sometimes. If he has a random bluff that has a jack in it and he decides to take a showdown value on the turn, but then why is he moving it on the river? Right. That card It's like he decides a showdown value isn't good enough on that he called with on the turn. We sometimes see players do that, but it's yeah. pretty rare. I don't I can't think of the bluffs, man. I think this is a, I think this is a fold. 
Could Berkey have ace jack off with the ace of diamonds? He check raises the flop because he's like, eh, you don't have that many. Like, yeah, you can have overpairs, but that's it. And I even block some of that. And I've got and I've got the ace of diamonds. So if a diamond comes off, haha, I can rep that. He turns the jack. He's like, okay, I, just like he did. He has showdown yeah. value. He checks. And then the diamond comes. He's like, well, I decided I was going to rep this. And he did bet 20K, which is a little weird. I don't love it. I'm just going to go with it and like... Like that was the original plan, right? I mean, even that is like a super weird. I don't know. I don't think you do that on the river when he actually has ace jack, right? He's got top top. He doesn't have to turn his hand into a bluff. I guess it's a form of a merge, perhaps. If you had ace jack with the ace of diamonds there, you're trying to get called by two tens. Yeah. Uh, when the third diamond comes, yeah, seems seems optimistic. I know. So I don't see how it could be a merge. So it's only a bluff. I don't know. Why do we check call the turn then? This is a this is a real tough one for me here. Yeah, because Cornet ends up calling, and I don't think I can find a reason to do that. I want to find a reason so bad, and the only thing I have is did Berkey just completely lose his mind and is doing something super strange that we can't even account for? That's all I've got. Yeah, maybe that's not good. I mean, if that's the case, let's ask this question. Okay, if we're just thinking like, okay, Matt Berkey is like a black box. We have no idea what goes on inside it. It just <laughs> has an output, and then we have yeah. to react to the output, and we yeah. can't make sense of the output. And we're like. Luck. So then the question becomes distribution. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. We have some better hands for sure. We have right. two jacks. We have two jacks. We have two eights. We have ace X of diamonds. Yep. Um, we may have king X of diamonds. Yeah. Um, I don't think we can show up with ace four or any fours. No, I don't think so. Uh, we could have ace four suited as a bluff preflop. So I don't know how I don't think we're doing well distribution. No, we're not either. that high in our distribution. Like when after when we when we get check raised on the flop, I'm wondering, do we call two sevens? We might call two sevens if we think Berkey's never doing with an eight anyway yeah. or two tens, right? Sort of all the same. Any pair, yeah. So maybe we're calling with all our pocket pairs. There. I don't know for three betting two sevens pre. I don't know if we're betting twenty k on the turn with two sevens. Yep, I don't know if we're doing any of those things. So if we can't show up with two sevens because of the 20K and the raised pre and all that stuff very often anyway. So now we're down to like maybe two tens. Then kings are not high enough in our distribution to call with anyway. Although 28%. Yeah. It's going to be close. It's going to be close, but that's only if we consider Matt Berkey a black box that we don't even try to think right. about at that's all. That's correct. That's just distribution. As soon as we come to what are the bluffs. We're going full Bill Chen on this thing. You know, like... right regardless of what our opponent should have. Right. Yeah. What are the bluffs? I can't think of a bluff. I mean, like, unless he's doing the the super weird ace jack thing. But it's like... It's super weird. It's just... I can't <laughs> think of one either. Maybe he can have random bluffs on the flop. It seems unlikely. Is it possible that we sort of level ourselves into calling here because we might... Because um, we only bet 20K on the turn? Maybe. But he's still called. But yeah, and... He doesn't have to move in. We can have the nut flush ourselves. And he check raised the flop and then he checked the turn. Who does that with a bluff? <laughs> check called the turn yeah. even. Yeah, no one. No one does that with a bluff. It's a super bizarre line. Nine, ten of diamonds? Can he have nine, ten That's of diamonds? That's a flush. Right. That's a problem. He has to like have a random hand on the tur- on the flop, which has a jack in it. Yeah. And then decide on the river. Nope. He still turns into a bluff on the river, though. Why would he do that? Why? There's no reason. So there's no hand he should have here. So this is a... So Chance Corneth is going to call this. It's a bad call. This is a bad call. Yeah. 
I assumed it was good because Chance made it, honestly, at and least, because it was against Berkey. At but. least he has the King of Diamonds in his hand. I mean, maybe because he's thinking, maybe he's thinking a little bit quickly about it, and he's like, "Why well, the King of Diamonds? If I don't have the King of Diamonds, it's, it's a, you know, it's it's a pretty easy fold." Yeah. Um, but with the King of Diamonds, I'm supposed to call and doesn't like think enough about the hand and like that. There's really nothing Berkey's supposed to ever have here, you know. Like if Berkey if Berkey bet the turn, if Berkey bet twenty k in the turn and we called, then he moves in on the river. I'd feel way better about this. I agree completely. Even then, it's not great. But now we can have now we can have some now we can have anything. Yeah, he just could have lost his mind. But he check called the turn. Yeah, for twenty thousand dollars, that's still a nice car to a lot of people. Yeah, depending on where you live. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a car. Like he doesn't have to do that. He's out of position. I think this He's is got a, it. This is the Berkey effect. You know, it's yeah. just like Berkey does weird stuff. I saw that hand against Daniel Cates where he went nuts with Ace Jack. Right. So maybe he's going nuts against me, you know? The hand right before this, also, he um he had won a pot against Perkins, a big pot against Bill Perkins. Is it possible somehow Chance is thinking like Berkey's just like trying to throw himself or throw his weight around now that he has all these extra chips? I mean, I don't know why we think that. It's a cash that. game. Like, yeah. It's not the same thing. Berkey plays cash games all the time. He yeah. probably doesn't do that. It's hard to be successful and do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we would call here. I think it's a bad call. Yeah. We're not twenty eight percent. It's not good enough. I agree. Sorry, Chance. Yeah, Chance. I really wanted to believe, man. Yeah. I didn't get angry about this one. In fairness, no, you didn't get angry. Nope, I wasn't angry at all. Congratulations, man. I think everyone made reasonable decisions until I guess Chance calling on the river. Yeah, which I gotta believe him in retrospect. Either Chance in retrospect thinks about it as like, what was I doing? Or he's like, oh no, no, that's a clear call because he knows something about Berkey that we don't. Yeah, and that's fair. Right. As long as you know that Berkey can have some, I don't know what he can have. It's so hard to come up with anything he can have. Yeah. But that's what those solve for why guys are doing. They're trying to come up with things that seem unreasonable to other good players. Yeah. So maybe Berkey shows up with nine, 10 of spades there for some game theory reason that they dreamt up, you know, like every time you have that he check calls the turn. Yeah. With, I don't with know. The open ender. And then I don't know. Moves it on the river when a diamond comes. It is weird. Yeah. I mean, if you could do that, fair enough. I guess like you check raise the flop with all of your hands that are suited in the color that the flop is not. That's the game theory. Well, let way. me ask you this. It's two diamonds in one. And what's the other? Is it spade? Um, let's see. It is heart. Okay. So maybe he can have two back doors that he's deciding to check raise nine, 10 of hearts. <laughs> yeah, that would be and and maybe gut shots also. Although then your back doors aren't even that good. Oh, sometimes they're good. You have like eight, seven of hearts. But now he has to have called the three bet with these hands, which I don't know that he's even going to do. Yeah. With stack to pot, he might just fold. He's going to be out of position. He's supposed to fold it. Yeah. He probably will. I would yeah. assume he's going to fold. So it's hard to it's hard to come up with any of that stuff. Maybe Chance just was like, uh, I have two kings. I don't want to fold. I have the king of diamonds. I don't want to fold. If I was sitting there and didn't have all this time to break it down, I may say I have the king of diamonds, so I call. That yeah. seems reasonable. Yeah, that's true. But it's upon just, reflection... It just feels like a bad call. It feels like a bad call. All right. That's too bad. Yeah. I didn't know that when I first watched it, but yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it.